Thank you for tuning in to the Currency with Catherine podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and join the Currency with Catherine Facebook group for daily financial literacy topics. Be sure to visit our webpage to stay up to date on our monthly events and to book a free clarity call with me. Let 2022 be the year you get your finances in order. Thank you again for tuning in and I'll catch you on the next episode. Welcome back to another episode of Currency with Catherine. It has been, man, it's been so many episodes of where I've had special guests and where they've came in and shared their knowledge. But I also want to tap in and show my knowledge because this is my podcast. I'm Catherine and we talk about currency. And I don't think one thing I did not talk about like in the introductory episode of the podcast was me talking about why I named the podcast Currency with Catherine. And obviously the K is in currency is because Catherine is spelled with a K. But also with currency, I remember back in elementary school, we used to have current events. And our teacher used to make us get like a snippet out of the newspaper or something, and we would share it with the class. So that way, it was kind of just introducing us to how you can be knowledgeable about what's currently happening in the world. So I definitely brought that in. And then currency is also a form of money. But on the podcast, as you have seen from all the special guests that I have, we just don't talk about finances. We talk about mental health. We talk about your mindset. And definitely this podcast, I want it to be an extension of my Facebook group. And shameless plug, if you are not in my Facebook group, currency with Catherine. You are missing out on some great content that I am putting out. So to continue on, I wanted to, well, first, let me apologize that this episode is just a little bit late. If you've noticed, I usually post two Thursdays a month. This is a bi-monthly podcast. But this past Thursday, I had the wonderful opportunity of well, I got the opportunity to volunteer with an agency. So when I first volunteered for this agency, it was called Budget Buddies, but they have rebranded to Women Money Matters. And basically this organization, it has women who are like in, you know, less fortunate circumstances, even halfway homes, like they encourage women to complete this program to even like stay in the, um, halfway house. And so it goes through different levels of financial literacy and they bring in experts to speak and then the women can ask questions. And, you know, hopefully at the end of the program, when the women graduate, they can walk away with better financial knowledge and they can stand on their own two feet, like leave out of the situations that are negatively affecting them and they can have a successful life because now they're much more well equipped to deal with these financial uncertainties and and it's not just you know american-born women there's also women who have immigrated in these programs english may not be their first language so there's a spanish program also so definitely i encourage you if you know someone who would benefit from these programs reach out to Women Money Matters. Um, 
they're virtual. There's also, they also started back in person um, classes to, you know, with COVID and stuff, a lot of things have been shut down. So they're a really great organization. But this past Thursday, I had an opportunity to talk about saving for change. And I just felt like saving is such a fundamental part of your financial plan. Because I know a big deterrent with a lot of people why they don't stick to anything is because they're trying to hit point six without doing point one, two, and three. Like everybody wants the end picture, but you have to have a foundation and a baseline first before we can even get to that point. So for saving for change, like what I really highlighted, and I don't want to go super in-depth like what we talked about, but I do want to highlight some key points of like what I was able to talk about. Number one, it was about your income. Well, we'll call it the money equation. And it was your income minus your expenses equals the savings, extra things, wants, all of that. So definitely one thing I preach with like clients that come to me, the first thing we have to like the foundation is like, how much money are you bringing in each month? And then how much of your money is leaving each month? I know a lot of people do not track their expenses, or if you throw the B word budget out there, they immediately, like their whole body language just changes. But I definitely want to stress the importance that you need to know how much money you're making each month. And I'm not just saying, oh, I look at my paycheck and that net is like what's direct deposited into my account. Like I want to see gross. I want to see how much of your taxes are being taken out. Like we need to go line by line by line. When we're looking at expenses, um, that's usually something no one's had to do before. So it's challenging. So for certain people, there's a few things I recommend depending on their style. If they're a person that majority uses cash, because there are some people who majority use cash. I know people who have checking accounts, savings accounts, but they don't have debit cards tied to them and they just use cash. So for a person who like uses cash more often, I would tell them to just keep every receipt, stuff it in an envelope. And at the end of the month, take 15 minutes to sort it out. Like sort it out between your food, your gas, or maybe your car needed a repair that goes in the auto section, or maybe the kids needed money for a field trip because the kids are back in school. That goes, you could possibly put that in a miscellaneous section because it's not a consistent expense. Like you just have to find out what works for you and then add it up and see where your money's going. And you may be surprised, like, how much money is leaving out each month and you actually make more money than you think. But also sometimes I've ran into like people who just do not make enough money and it really wasn't debt related. It was just more so they're in a minimal wage job and their rent or their mortgage was just more than what they anticipated or the house had more expenses than what they thought it would have. So then that's a whole different issue versus of like, I have expenses and I can cut my expenses and free up more income versus that if you don't have enough income, 
the only solution is to like, you've got to make more money and things to look at. It's possible that maybe you need to go back to school and like upgrade to a new career. I know most community colleges well, they have these 18-month programs that you can learn, like phlebotomy. Um, if you want to go into a trade such as welding or carpentry, like sometimes, this is an old saying, like sometimes you have to crawl before you ball. And that's definitely true. Like if you use a trade career as a stepping stone to what you really want. I know for some people, they're just like, oh, I'll take out student loans, it's no problem. But then they get there and they realize like no one, they can't get student loans. Or if they do, they have to go through a private lender with extraordinary interest rates. So definitely, I know this kind of went off on a tangent because <laughs> I was supposed to talk about the money equation, but I definitely want to give you things like to, you know, help you think about certain things. So when I'm talking to clients, I know the number one thing people are like, well, why should I save money? Like, you know, there's no guarantee I'm here tomorrow. There's no guarantee I, you know, I can save this amount of money because something always happens. And the old saying is that when it rains, it pours because and that should be your motivation to save because you never know when there's an unexpected expense or an emergency. You could be driving minding your own business, someone hits you, they hit and run, and you don't have uninsured motorists like on with your insurance. And so then what are you going to do? Or the kids may be sick and you have to take off days for work. You don't have PTO. You never know for a no around holiday time, someone may be sick and they may call the family together. So now you got to try to get a flight or you got to try to, to drive X miles across the U.S. to try to, you know, see this family member, which may be for the last time. I know that sounds very sad, but you just never know. But saving doesn't have to be just for unexpected expenses and emergencies. You can also use saving to pay for large purchases, such as your car. What if your children need braces? You may want to achieve different goals, such as you may want to move into a better apartment on the other side of town. Maybe you don't like your current apartment. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, more education. Maybe you realize that, hey, I need at least a certificate to move up in this certain position. And I don't want to make minimum wage anymore. That's going to require some form of education. Um, also, with the Women's Money Matters, we talked about certain expenses that ruin your budget. I know some people don't like the word budget. They like spending plan. But whatever works for you, I personally call it a budget. And I would just want to throw in a little tidbit that budgeting is so many people see it as restrictive. And if your budget is restrictive, then you're not going to stick to it. If there's something you really want that is, let me back up. The key point is to separate your needs from your wants. If your needs are taken care of and you have money left over, then that's when we look to our wants. But you have to make sure your needs are set first. Too many people, they, you know, they have so many wants, 
that they're not really taking care of their needs. And then that puts you at an increased rate for homelessness or something happens to your car. Now you don't have a car to go to work. Now you've lost income. And one stream of income is too close to home, like poverty. So you also want to have more than one stream of income. And whether that's if you're investing or you have a side job or a side business, just something. I would never encourage someone to only have one stream of income because you never know when it may get yanked away. I know a lot of people, think about how many people lost their jobs when COVID first hit. Like, that's just something to keep in mind. I don't think people thought maybe a respiratory virus would completely shut down the economy for like two weeks. It was more than that. But just to give an example, it would shut down the economy and then people couldn't go to work or people didn't have more disposable income to fuel the economy. So then we start getting into the more depression and stuff. And so then the government pumps money into the economy to try to keep it going. And then you deal with the offset of inflation, what we're currently going through now. So it's a lot, I know. But backing back up, looking at these overlooked expenses, um, I talked about your car, the kids, extracurricular activities. One thing people forget about is their pets. Pets have needs. And I, for one, my dog was having a few health problems where we had to send off cultures. And that cost a pretty penny, I tell you. Luckily, I had it in savings, but it just makes you think of like, dang, if I didn't have this money, then she possibly couldn't have got the help she needed. And then when you ask certain vets for payment plans, they're like, oh, you can, there's like, oh, we partner with care credit. And if you've never had care credit, I would advise you to be very careful with them because yes, you can, you know, finance whatever expense whatever expense, medical expense is going on. But the catch is that if you don't pay it off in that time frame, you get the added back interest. And then the interest rates are, can be like 26%, which is a lot. So definitely if you're using credit responsibly, you're okay. Um, other expenses to look for is your regular, regularly, regularly monthly fees, such as the gym. Um, there's also annual things you can pay. Uh, for ex I mentioned this in the group. Like, for example, I pay my car insurance every six months in full because if I don't, my insurance provider will charge me extra for doing a payment plan. And it's not much extra, but just looking at it from a budget sidewise, like I can save almost $150 if I pay it every six months rather than spreading it out and paying it across the six months. You know what I'm saying? Um, also, don't forget special events and, and uh, road trips. You never know when it's like summer, your friends want to go somewhere or special events. Someone may want a destination wedding. They may be having like some type of birthday bash. You just never know. So definitely you want to have savings. Oh, and let me throw in this tidbit. If you have a savings account, make, depending on the type of person you are, you may want to have a savings account at a different place. If you're a person that's like, 
I'm going to put $50 in savings. And then your friends call you up and they're like, hey, you want to go out to eat? And you're dipping your hand in that $50 just to go out to eat. You're kind of defeating the purpose of saving. Like saving is supposed to be like, I'm going to put it here and I'm not going to touch it. Now, some people like to have a savings account and an emergency fund account. I have both. I have a savings account that's tied to my checking account. And then I have a second savings account that's away. Now, I would more so say that my emergency fund is tied to my checking account because if it's an emergency, I can get to it quick, which I have access to the other savings account, but I put money into both of them each month and hopefully they'll grow. But on top of saving, I'm also investing. And investing will be a whole different thing because I'm not a registered, um, I'm not a registered investment representative. So I cannot give you like investment advice. I can only give you general information, but I can give you where to start your journey. So let's just talk about some money smart tips. And then I'm just gonna I'm gonna let you go after this because I know. It's Thursday, <laughs> not trying to hold up your day. So number one thing is like when we're dealing with money, a lot of people, they don't focus on the why of their goals. Even before that, they may not have goals. So when you, let's just say we set a goal to, I want to save $1,000 in the next six months. And then it may get discouraging because, you know, something may happen. The kids may get sick. You got to pay a medical bill and you may feel a little discouraged or wrong along the way because a thousand dollars, you may not have ever seen that amount of money outside of a general checking account because maybe you're the person that just swipes, swipes, swipes. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. But again, just understand the why of your goals. You want it to save $1,000 for what? So this is where we talk about making smart goals and not just making regular goals. And definitely like with my clients, they'll come in and be like, oh, I want to be rich. And I'm like, that's not an attainable goal. I need it to be more measurable and attainable. And why? So that you will not get discouraged. It's the same as someone who's like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week to lose 60 pounds. But you get to the gym and you hit that plateau and then you just kind of get discouraged and you fall off. But you have to push past that plateau so that you can continue on your weight loss journey. Same, it's the same thing. There's no difference. Um, another thing people forget is to prioritize their goals. There was one person I was working with and we were listing out all their debts and we kind of organized it based on, they organized their debts highest to least. We didn't, which is the debt snowball method. We didn't look at the interest rates because they're a person that needs that. They need constant affirmation. So they're not gonna benefit from not seeing, they're not gonna benefit from watching balances drop versus seeing debt actually paid off quicker. So one thing they didn't tell me was that they owed the IRS. And I was like, 
the number one thing you do not do is mess with the ABC boys, and that's the FBI, CIA, <laughs> yes, those IRS, you do not mess with them. So regardless of any debt payoff plan, you prioritize owing the government because they tack on penalties and interest, and then even to the point of where they can garnish your check. And like, I know some people are like, oh, they won't do that and stuff. And next thing you know, probably like seven years later, you've accumulated, you owe $10,000 to the IRS and HR just got a letter from them saying to garnish your check for this month, this much. And now you have to take off, take time off work and try to go fight the IRS so you don't get your check garnished. And if you're the person living paycheck to paycheck, then this is just going to put you deeper in the hole because the government is slow to pay you money, but they want their money back with interest. Uh, number three is to not be ashamed of your financial history. It happened. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. I know a lot of people, they won't even look at a credit report. And I'm just like, nothing's going to change if you don't face it head on. Just even acknowledging what you have done wrong to create those flaws is half the battle because now you can take actionable steps to fix them and everything can be like your credit can be repaired like your finances can be repaired it just takes work like you're not going to wake up one day and you're going to have an 830 credit score that's not how it works. It takes actionable steps and you're going to have to do some work at the end of the day. And then last but not least, I want you to focus on yourself. I know with the advent of social media, it makes it so hard to like not compare yourself to others because you may see someone the same age as you that and you feel like they're further in life because they have a new 2022 car they have a big house and I'll be the first to tell you like yes they have all that but look how much but we have no idea how much money they're spending out I know a new trend on TikTok is that people ask their co-workers how much you're spending how much is your car payment each month and one person said like 720 a month or it'll be a thousand and something just for a new 2023 vehicle. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're spending out this amount of money on a brand new car that's going to lose its value drastically in the next few years. So that's all I have for today. I just wanted to summary. I just wanted to give a summary of some money smart tips because I felt like that webinar that I got to present was like so great. And I hope the women got something out of it. And I want you to have something out of it too, because that's the purpose of this podcast is for y'all to have, for y'all to get value that you can apply to your everyday life. So I'm signing off. Make sure you join the Facebook group and you have a good rest of your day. Hey everybody, this is Catherine and you're listening to the Currency with Catherine podcast, the show that teaches you about all things money, but not just money. We approach money through a holistic life lens because all aspects of your life are connected. That's why we bring in other elements like mental health. When you're confident in your financial capability, all other aspects of your life will improve.